I'm loving this. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Morgan the Ask For Podcast. Trevor and I want to thank you for listening. Please help us spread the word to your friends and family by telling them to give us a listen. Another way to help the podcast is by subscribing, rating, and leaving a review on your favorite podcast player. We cannot thank you enough for listening, and we really appreciate it. Welcome to this edition of Morgan the Ask For Podcast. This one, our Kind of title is going to be our top 10 sports movies, uh, but I do want to hit on just a couple um, sports notes right now. Um, we are into the NBA Finals, the Boston Celtics versus the uh, Golden State Warriors. This is Golden State's kind of the story of it is their sixth time in eight years in the finals, matching the Bulls for the most in recent memory. And I guess just kind of your thoughts, Trevor, really on not the games. I know we're not, neither one of us are huge NBA people, but is that too much or is it good? Do you want to see them get their uh, win another one? Or would you like to see Boston? They haven't won one since 2008. I kind of like both storylines. Yeah, I'm not a huge NBA fan, so not going to pretend to be. But I, I like Steph Curry, Draymond, and Clay. I think that's one of the, not underrated, but maybe underappreciated dynasties that we have. Uh, you know, when they had KD, a lot of people didn't like it for obvious reasons because it was a super team. But this was the original team that they started with, kind of. Add in a few pieces here and there. Yeah, essentially, this is our third. Those three guys have been the core, but this is their third group together. You know, they've had they had the the group before Kevin Durant, then they had the Kevin Durant Durant group. And now this group, and they've been to the finals with all three. Again, like I said, six out of eight. And I think the Warriors don't get enough credit because of the KD super team slash. I don't like Kevin Durant. I just think he's he's a really, really good basketball player. You can make an argument he's the best player in the world. But I don't like him as a player, and I don't like his attitude and just, I don't know. I just don't like him. So I just think that puts them – down a little bit uh but what they six out of eight is unbelievable no you you touched on it well i mean you said three different teams kind of the original team the middle team and now this current team so i i kind of hope they win it but if boston wins i don't think boston's won since the kevin uh garnett years yeah i think the only one there yeah i think that was only one towel that they had so i mean regardless i hope it goes seven i hope it's a great series um i don't really have a dog you know, in this fight, I'm actually paying a little bit more attention to hockey for once. Every few years, I'll pay attention to hockey, and that's just because the Avalanche are still in it. Right. They had a game uh, last night that was eight to six. I think it was the second highest scoring playoff game or, or the final four game, as you want to call it. Right. So that was exciting. But no, I'm not going to pretend to be a super big hockey or basketball fan, but I am tuning in all these games. Yeah, these are these are when I I mean the only time I watch the NBA is the playoffs. Um, 
I just, I, I don't like them sitting out, not playing like being in Iowa. You know, if you are a LeBron James fan and you want to go to Chicago and watch him play, it's a 50, 50 up, you know, if he's even going to play, I mean, and, and you're spending a lot of money up on on travel and tickets and everything. And you don't even know if they're playing and, and it's not because they're hurt. I mean, that does people get hurt and that does happen, but Oh, I'm not going to play tonight. I, I just don't like that about the NBA. Something's got to get done on that. I think. I don't like it either. Uh, and you, you said it best. I mean, players are always going to be hurt, but when they take games off, like you, you know, for you, for example, if you take your kids to uh, Chicago for a game, you're probably going to have to take a day off work, potentially uh, rent a hotel room. And then all of a sudden you get there and LeBron's like, well, I'm not playing tonight. Right. And it's just a total killer. Uh, not, I don't know if you're, uh, son likes LeBron or not, but just pick his favorite player if he had one and he just doesn't suit up that night. That's that's disappointing. So I don't know if the magical answer is I think less games, but you know, the owners don't want to do that. Right. And Coward brought it up the first round or two of the playoffs in NBA should be three game series because if the team that's the favorite or that we think is a favorite loses the first one, it creates all sorts of urgency. So these oh, yeah. these long series to start out with, they should shorten them to three games. Uh, I think it, I, I think he's got a point there, but he said it'll never happen because the owners are not going to give up right. uh, the TV and the ticket money for the seven-game series that they get. That, and and the seven-game series does get the best team. And a three-game series, the best team most likely will win, but it does not – the the odds of the not as good a team winning increases. You know, yep. the, the short is. That's why, like, the NCAA tournament's the favorite thing in the world but it's actually a horrible way to find the champion. It, it I does. Agree. I've always, I think you and I both agreed on that. It's it's yeah. one of the most fun sporting events we get all year, but it's, you allow for three, four or five upsets of teams that really yeah. probably shouldn't get upset, but it happens. I mean, you got to play the you game. You can't tell me Kentucky couldn't have played in the national championship game and just been just fine. They might have yeah. won the game. Yeah, you know? no, I know. I agree a hundred percent and it makes, it's good drama. That's why it gets such good ratings, right. but yeah, when you talk about five-game series or seven-game series, typically, obviously, uh, almost always the better team comes out on top. You're not going to get these Cinderella stories as much. Yeah, you play Kentucky and St. Peter seven times. Uh, Kentucky's going to win six and probably seven, seven a lot of times. But yeah, a lot of years they'll win seven. So. Right. But um, that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament. And that's the beauty of all these different sports. They right. all have their different formats. We complain, we praise, you know, what can you do? What can you adjust? But no, I'm not, like you said, you and I aren't huge NBA or hockey fans, but I am going to watch the NBA finals. I'm going to watch every game the Avalanche play. I hope they make the Stanley Cup. I think that'd be cool. I've been, I go to about three or four games a year, regular season, not playoffs. So I'm not a big a hockey expert by any means. I know the basic rules. Uh, just enough to kind of keep up with the flow of the game. But, no, there's – I don't know. It's it's okay for now. That's kind of the dead time of the year for us as football fans. Right. But there's still some stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely. And then news tonight uh, and today for Iowa and Iowa State basketball fans, Chris Murray is coming back to Iowa. So that um, is a very good thing for the Hawkeyes, and they will be a much better team than if he wasn't there. And then kind of on the opposite side, A.J. Green is staying in the NBA draft and not coming to Iowa State as predicted. It wasn't a, a for sure thing, 
it was kind of down to Duke and Iowa State and then the NBA. And he did uh, come out just a couple hours ago and say he is staying in the NBA draft. Um, I find that, you know, almost on the actual getting drafted, I think it's opposite. I think Chris Murray, if he would have stayed in the draft, does get drafted. And I have a hard time believing that A.J. Green is going to get drafted. Um, but uh, everybody has their own reasons and and, th- and hopefully he comes out uh, and say reasons like he's just done you know, some people just want to be done with college. You know, I think he's a, a he's a fourth or fifth year guy. Um, been a two time Missouri Valley Player of the Year. Um, you know, he's going to get paid to play. You know, he, he'll do something professionally, and that's just where he, he wants to be, I guess. Yeah, I, I saw something on Facebook again. This one of these topics uh, where I am, I don't really know anything, so I'm going to lend on or lean on you to uh, provide the info here. But I guess just a quick, quick little prediction from you. I mean, do you expect both Iowa and Iowa State to be good at basketball next year? Uh, what? I, I, I don't know. Be, I truly don't know. So Iowa should be in the tournament again. I think Chris Murray is a really, really good player. He's going to be um, – you can't say he's going to be like his brother, uh, you know, top five pick next year, uh, All-American and everything. But I think he has an opportunity to be, you know, an all-conference player. And, you know, he's, he's not, he hasn't started yet. Uh, and everybody just says he's a little bit behind his brother, but he still has a lot of that same talent. So I think I would say they're an NCAA tournament team. Iowa state, um, you know, obviously coming off the sweet 16 season, I would say they're not going to be as good, you know, just even, even if they're a better team, they might not have as good a record or end up as far, but not getting AJ Green, they need a scorer. They don't have one. So the the as much as we talked about the lack of scoring and the low scoring games last year, we're going to be in the same same situation this coming year. Uh, we actually might be better on defense, which is kind of hard to believe because we were really really good last year. I think top ten or fifteen in the country, uh, but now we've got a couple better defenders uh, out of out of two different leagues. I think the Atlantic Ten and uh, uh, one other one out there, the actual defensive players of the year, both transferred in. If we could have got AJ green, um, we need a score. So now we have one, we still have one scholarship. I don't know who was out there. I don't know if they're even looking at anybody else, but we need somebody to score basketball. So I'm going to say not as good for Iowa state, but I would say uh, about the same for Iowa and state tournament team. So we need to combine Iowa state and Iowa defense in basketball and, or excuse me, oh, you got know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. If we could combine both schools with the offense and defense of basketball, yeah. and football, we might have a, we might yeah. have a really legit team here. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, Chris, if Chris Murray was playing at Iowa state, that'd be really good. Cause he can score. Um, actually, actually, here's what we need. We need Fran McCaffrey's offensive coaching and TJ's defensive coaching. And we might have some. And then combining football too, where, you know, you yeah. take some of those Iowa State offensive football players, combine them with Iowa, take some of the Iowa defensive yeah. players, put them on Iowa State, and then, hey, you know, hey, maybe we're in a playoff game. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we at, least, want, at least it'd be a little more Parker coaching. We probably want Phil Parker coaching the defensive backs. I'm pretty safe to say that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's one thing almost everybody agree on. He's He's got to be one of the top five defensive back coaches in, in the nation. Yeah. I, I don't think just, that's the question. 
he does he does a great job of that. So no, that, that's I always lean on you for the basketball stuff. But um, I think I before we got on your tees, you want to talk a little Dustin Johnson, the yeah. the new golf league that's going on, which I'm not I'm a little up to speed with that, but not quite as much. But why don't you get uh, get a start on that one too? Yeah. So, so next weekend, not this coming weekend, but the next weekend, um, the first live tour event, which is a Saudi backed, and I don't know all the politics behind it, but essentially it's Saudi money, which isn't necessarily clean money. That's the big downfall of it is paying all these players. Like there's going to be 48 people in this tournament. They released 42 names today. So there's still um, a couple people that, that can qualify for it. I think it's through the European tour or whatever. And then I think they still have one person. They just, I don't know if it's like a secret person or. Did you see that on Pat McAfee today? I, I did not. I, I was working uh, for my... The Rappaport guy, not the NFL Rappaport, but the yep. golf Rappaport guy. He's saying exactly what you said, what you probably read an article or something. He's saying there's some uh, people that can qualify, and then there's one reserve spot for an unknown name. Yeah. He's like, it's got to be Phil Mickelson. He's well, like, who else could it be? And that, yeah, I mean, that's because because that was that's probably the number one story is he's not on that list um, because essentially he's been shunned by the PGA Tour for saying these things about this tour. So I guess everybody assumed he was going to that tour, um, but. It, it, he isn't on this list. Um, and, you know, it, most of them weren't really a surprise. Like Louis Oosthuizen, Lee Westwood, Sergio, um, um, Graham McDowell. Kevin Na was on there. Kevin Na. handful others, obviously. But yeah, DJ and there's was others that you would, you would recognize a name. And, and, you know, to get last place in this tournament is $200,000. Plus, they're paying everybody a guaranteed money for showing up. So essentially, you're guaranteed. I think it's like half a million dollars. <laughs> well, That's... well, on the PGA Tour, on a regular tour event, not the majors, to get a half a million dollars, you have to get like top two or three, and and then there's a chance of making zero dollars. You know, so so that's the difference in this event, and so you know. If you can look at where, you know, if people can get by where the money comes from, it's a smart play for a lot of these people, like a Graham McDowell, who has probably played his best golf, can go there and make a lot of money, be a name for that tour. But, you know, on the PGA Tour, he's going to play a lot of events and probably be okay, but he's got to play a lot of events to make this money. Mm -hmm. And then also, the other thing is, is the young guys that haven't got their card or that battle every year right around you're on the corn Ferry tour this year and on the pga tour next year your half status but you kind of maybe have a name maybe you have one tour win but you're 24 years old they offer you guaranteed money that's tough to turn down too uh if you don't have to worry about your paycheck every week and then you know, the other thing I heard what a couple of the names is a young amateur that um, turns pro and goes straight there because they're going to offer him a lot of money. So, you know, especially some of the European guys where the Saudis may not look as bad at compared to the Americans, you know. Um, so 
it's it's more guaranteed money, I guess, instead of having to necessarily earn it, like on the PGA Tour. And then obviously the number one surprise was Dustin Johnson. Now, I think that's a surprise. I don't think it's a, a, a horrible bad thing because it came out later on that they're paying him like $125 million. I don't care who you are. Someone waves $125 million in front of you. You, you take a look at it. Yeah, and I think I think he still has a freedom to play in other events if he wants, right? Right. Beyond, beyond this 125 million little contract that he's got going, he he can still do other stuff if yeah. When he has so, time. so a couple of the things. So the PGA Tour of of the majors, the only one that they are in charge of is the PGA Championship. Um. Right. So it's and, and that's the big thing is the PGA Tour said you're going to get suspended or a lifetime ban. So so that's the and, and they, so it's going to be interesting to see what they actually do. So as of right now, um, in two weeks, it's the Canadian Open is, and, and this actually made the Dustin Johnson story a little bit bigger than it even was. He likes so playing the, up there. So the RBC Canadian Open is that same week in June 9th, 10th, 11th, whatever it is for sure. Well, RBC is one of Dustin Johnson's sponsors. Did they drop him? They dropped him today. Yep. I, I now, it came that. out that they paid him like $700,000 a tournament plus whatever money. And so, like they said, the $125 million that the Saudis are paying him, he could give two craps about that. <laughs> so, but as of right now, the U.S. Open is ran by the USGA, not the PGA Tour. So, you, essentially, like I could go play in the U.S. Open if I qualify. You know, you could go play in the U.S. Open. The Masters is an invite. I mean, ultimately, the Masters could invite me. Again, same thing. They're not going to, but they could say, right. Ryan Morgan, you're invited to the Masters, and I could go play in the Masters, you know. And obviously, he doesn't have to worry about that because he won the Masters. Sergio Garcia won the Masters. Yeah. You know? So they're in. Um, and then, obviously, the British Open is ran by not the PGA Tour either. So of the majors... The only one that it affects is the PGA championship. So that's another story. And then it's going to be interesting. You know, obviously I suppose these people could withdraw from the live tour and it could just be a publicity stunt. You know, you kind of look that way and say, Oh, I'm going to withdraw. He's hurt or something. And then come back to the tour and then not really have any suspension or anything. Cause he didn't play, you know, so it, it's interesting. I, I just, I think if he plays, it will be interesting to see what the PGA tour does. If it's a, a suspension or a lifetime ban. Well, I they sent that as a question to like Brett and Zach and Mike today. And they're like, I don't know. And, and I just have a, I have a hard time believing that the PGA tour is going to ban Dustin Johnson for life. I, what I heard from this Rappaport guy on Pat McAfee today, and he's just one guy, so that, that's about all I got on this. But Pat McAfee brought it too. I mean, once supposedly once Dustin Johnson puts a T in the ground in the Saudi league, if he does and tees off, then his – they said – what do you put it? They have like a handbook that where they, they sign every year like a – Remember when you were like middle school or junior high and you had a handbook, you had to sign yeah. a yeah, because yeah. what happens is so like when these guys go play 
like in the in the over in Dubai, where our buddy Tuna has been, when they go play in Dubai or in those Chinese events or different things, mm-hmm. I guess they get a release from the PGA Tour. They get three events a year is what I what yeah, I so, they, so like if a PGA Tour has an event that weekend and they want to go play somebody somewhere else, they have to ask for it, I guess. They have to get approval. Yes, and, and it has to be approved, and, and then it's okay. It's not an issue. But And I guess all these players did that, and the PGA Tour denied it. I mean, that's the big – that's the difference. And yeah, so, no yeah, players are coming soon, back and saying – As know, soon as they tee finger. up and play, you're violating some rule, and a suspension or a ban or whatever can take place. Well, I hope – I like chaos. I hope DJT's oh. off, and I hope, I hope we got drama. I, I mean – a lot of times drama like this, not always, but sometimes it helps both sides get better. Oh, yeah. And, and and I think, you know, the more you look at what Phil said, and yes, the, the Saudi money and dismissing that is a whole different argument, but some things about like the PGA Tour that could be better and the things that he was kind of pushing for, I think that's an okay issue where if there's a rival tour that can match some of these things. And, you know, and, and I don't know all the ins and outs, but if, if the PGA Tour can give some more benefits to more people or more guarantees or something, it's okay, you know. Because, you know, the one thing, especially what was it that uh, Justin Thomas won, like $2.7 million or whatever the other day, you know, a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, some things that could go is, Maybe, you know, pay $202 million instead of 2.7 and pay more of the bottom half, split that $700,000 into instead of the last person getting $21,000, maybe it's $50,000, you know, right. or something like that. <laughs> I think that's what Phil's pushing for a little bit more because, you know, Right or wrong, $21,000 when you're traveling and you're paying agents and you're paying caddies and everything, it can go pretty fast. It really can. Yeah, and I assume, you know, people probably say the top 220, but I, I assume the top 30, 40, or maybe even 50, a lot of their expenses are paid for. Right. But, but if they're not, a lot of that's, I get what you're saying there. And that's what I heard too, is a lot of people on the PGA Tour, they have to pay for their own flights. Yep. Uh, lodging, food, drinks, and if they don't make the cut, they could spend five to ten grand traveling somewhere, right? And not make the cut, and they're out that five or ten grand potentially, whatever right. it might be. Obviously, you got to be smart with your money at that point. But even even some of the bigger names, I I don't know what all they get paid for and what they have to pay out of their own pocket. Right. And, and I would say probably all of them, most of them all probably play it out of their pocket. It's just, they have a sponsor that essentially. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to reimburse them. You know, I'm getting, you know, a lot of them have net. I'm just going to use net jets as an example. Right. You know, several of them have that on their sleeve and stuff. So they probably get so many hours in a plane each year, you know, that's part of their deal. Sure. Yep. So, yeah, if they're, they're flying from one to the, you know, they're, they're not everybody's like Tiger and Phil and just can pay for that or Tiger has his own plane or whatever. It's those guys that are outside the top 50. 
right. more is what and I and I would even have. say numbers 100 through 200 that can pay that they can play a lot of weeks but I mean it truly is they just want to make the cut and then hopefully they have a couple weeks a year where they can make a hundred thousand dollars they're making money just like you and I I mean they're making over the course of a year they might make four hundred thousand dollars we got to think of their expenses are so much more that they're making a hundred thousand dollars you know playing golf you know which is a great living, but it, it's, it's still, a fine living, but their lifestyle and everything's just so much different. Yeah. You're not, you, you can't they're go out rich like a millionaire. Yeah. No, they're, they're just playing golf for their job is golf. Yeah. You know? They make a little bit more money than you and I do, but if they're smart, they, they obviously have a little bit more money, but yeah, they're not millionaires or anything. Right. Well, you, you look at uh, Jerry Smith at Oskaloosa here, you know, he's made a, a very nice living, but, and I, and I don't know everything, but, you know, I would say he's not a, a rich, rich person, you know, but he just, he's made a career in golf and, and been fine and made a good life for himself, but he's not one that can just go do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. No, I mean, he's, he's got to be smart with his money and his, right. what tournaments he decides to play in, where he's going to stay. Does he stay with friends? Does he get a hotel? Yeah. Uh, and, and I know he, I know he, uh, tries to stay with people he's gotten to know over the course of years and and everything he just tries to save a little bit of money whenever you can you got to because like you said you don't know when you're of course on the senior tour is a little bit different but you know regardless even if you make a cut i mean you don't know what you're going to make each week even right. if you finish well, last and, and get a paycheck and he would have been a great you know say this happened 25 years ago he'd have been a great example of you know, guaranteed money versus not guaranteed money. What do you do? You know, he, yeah. he's that guy that you're talking about. That's, you know, a couple of years, he, he makes the 125 and a couple of years he doesn't. And he has to go down and try to go to Q school again. And yeah, yeah I don't know are... all the answers, but it, it could get interesting. And then, you know, let's just say it's not Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson's still not going to play. And it's, you know, a Justin Rose or something like that. You know, I, I'm not, I don't think Rory keeps coming out deadly against it. Tiger said he's against it. Um, Until Rory gets offered $600 million. Right. And that's, you know, but, but let's just say it's a Justin Rose or somebody yeah. like that, that uh, hasn't been, you know, is a really good player, top 20, 25 player, but maybe his best golf is behind him. You know, he, he's over 40. You know, I think I think that's who this is going to, you know, somebody that's been good, but over 40 and can't hit the ball quite as far as you know, a name that comes to mind. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. You're fine. Uh, Patrick Reed comes to mind. Right. Because he doesn't by all accounts, he doesn't have a ton of friends on tour. he's He's a big enough name that I think they could still Patrick Reed if they wanted. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um and he would be another one, you know, he's won the Masters, so he's in on that one. So it doesn't matter if he, you know, wins a PGA Tour event to, to qualify. Um, you know, he's, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. You, you look at people that have won the Masters and then can qualify for the others. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I think, I think, the, I think the PGA Tour is scared right now is my gut feeling. And I, I don't know everything about it, so I, I could I don't talk either. about you know what. I, I do. I, I when they that 
Thursday morning, Friday morning, whatever it is in London, I want to watch. I want to watch it, and I want to see Monday morning, or even if it is right away, that okay, these, you know, fifty players are all suspended for three weeks, you know, because then that would be the open, the U.S. Open would be mm-hmm. like the next weekend, I think. But they'd be they'd be hurting themselves though too if that. I mean, it's a double edge. It's oh yeah, and so the U.S. Open isn't as good as it should be. No, if you lose Dustin Johnson and, I mean, even Lee Westwood and Louis right. Ustazen, those guys are always – I know Lee and uh, – Lee's never won a major. I think Ustazen won one. Right. But but those those guys are typically a lot of years up in the top 10 or 20. Or we're, we're, one, we're one year removed where Louis Ustazen could have won three of the four majors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he had a late – he had another. He had like another rebirth of his career. So right. I mean, he, so, he was he was in the lead of every uh, major last year. So he's one of probably the more underrated players in the world, right? Uh, if you're not a typical big time golf fan, uh, but yeah, I mean, PGA is in a tough spot. I, I think PGA is panicking, in my opinion. I, I I don't think they have an answer. I I almost look at it not to the same extent. It, it'd be way different, but I look at it to the extent of the PGA is almost like the NCAA right now, right. not to the same extent because the NCAA was, they had, they had years and years to get prepared oh. for this and they yeah. ignored it. I think the PGA kind of knew it was coming, but they're trying to fight against it, which I get. I mean, they, they have their reasons. I'm sure not to say that they shouldn't, but yeah, I think the PGA is a little bit scared of what's about to happen and they should be. And that creates, you know, a competitive well, environment. And then, and then you got to look at it this way. So these are the guys that are playing in the first event. I don't know how many events there are supposed to be, but say this event goes off. I think perfectly. like eight or 10, something like that. This event goes off perfectly. Dustin Johnson wins it. You know, let's just say the top five guys are all guys, you know, you know, yeah. let's just say it. Big names, big names. And all these guys get these big checks. And then let's say, Let's say one of the top guys does get dead last, but he gets $200,000, you know, in, in a couple of events, you know, and let's say they do just suspend them for a couple of weeks. Let's not, let's say it's not a lifetime ban. So let's say four events in four more guys go, let's say, uh, you know, Ricky Fowler goes, um, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's one that I kind of thought might be there because he's not playing very well right now. No, he's, he, Looks like he's starting to turn his game around. What we talked about before, he's been on like a two-year uh, yeah. decline until lately. Yeah, you know, just some guys like that. Um, and he's know, a big Kepka, fashion guy Kepka, with the clothes. Who doesn't really stuff. care about much, you know. Kepka's brother is playing in it, uh, Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see that. Chase Kepka's playing in that, that event. Um, but just some guys – more like that. Like, I, I just think, I think Ricky Fowler is a perfect example of someone that I could see going. Yeah, no, Ricky, Ricky would be awesome. Like I said, the fashion, the clothing. Yep. Uh, he's got the mustache, the hair, the hat. He, he'd be good for, he'd be not just good. He, he would basically almost be the face of that league beyond Dustin Johnson if he really wanted to be. Again, he's, he's kind of started to turn his game around lately. But he's been on kind of a two or three year little decline. But yeah, Ricky Fowler, I agree with you. That would be a perfect guy for them to go after, because over there, I mean, he would he draw a lot of fans. 
Yeah, and then you go, um, you know, I'm just looking kind of at right around rank number 50, you know, a Webb Simpson, um, a Keegan Bradley, yeah. a Tommy Fleetwood, you know, um, like you said. Patrick I'd love Tommy Reed. over there, I'm sure. Yeah, Patrick Reed's 36. Um, let's just kind of go down a little bit here. Yeah, Justin Rose is 57th in the world right now. Matthew Wolf. He struggled. He could go there with some guaranteed money. He's a young guy, guaranteed money, and, and could try to figure out his game a little bit. You know, go there for two or three years and yep. make make over a hundred million dollars and figure out your game. It's not a bad right. not a bad gig. You know, a, a Matt Kuchar, you know, somebody like that probably not going to win a major. Right, uh, makes a lot of money over here, but wouldn't have to worry about missing a cut and maybe not have to play as much. Yeah, you could you could play ten events a year, fifteen events a year, and make right. millions. Right. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's the PGA is going up against uh, uh, a heavyweight fighter here, kind of sort of speak, and we'll see yeah. how they we'll see how they react. I don't know what the answer is. I'm interested in it. I think it's good. It's going to draw a lot of attention to golf. So I'm 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 excited for it. I obviously I hope it all ends up well for both sides, but. Yeah, it's it's going to get a lot uglier than it is right now, in my opinion. This is just the start of, of things. Yeah, I, I think we'll talk about this uh, that that weekend of that tournament. We'll have to, you know, we'll have to have a recap or maybe a preview if we get some more information uh, for that event. Because uh, I, I think that is, you know, we both are, you know, I would say really kind of after football, golf is kind of our thing, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. All right, so now let's transition to kind of the topic of the night, our top 10 sports movies. I'm going to preface mine with these aren't necessarily the best movies. These are ones that I would classify like if I'm flipping through the channels on a Sunday afternoon with I don't know what I'm going to watch. If this movie's on, I'm going to stop and watch it. Okay. So, you know, it's not the critically acclaimed I'm the same. Yeah. Mine's kind of the same way. Like these are just my personal favorites. I like that I'm flipping through. I'm going to watch. So, all right. I want you to go first. I want you to do your 10 through six. Okay. 10 through six. All right. I got you. Um, All right. So starting with number 10, I'm going to go Moneyball baseball movie, Brad Pitt, uh, more of a newer movie, just like the aspect of the analytics, uh, as much of a football fan as I am, I think baseball movies might be my favorite genre of sports movies yeah. or category, whatever you want to call it. So Moneyball is number 10. Hoosiers, number nine. Okay. It's, just, it's a classic. Uh, Gene Hackman. I mean, it's old. Some some people younger than us now may not appreciate it, but I'm sure you loved watching Hoosiers growing up. Uh, it's yes, just, I do. It's one of those classic movies. So that's my number nine. As we move into the number eight spot, we are Marshall. Okay. Uh, true story there. Uh, the Marshall football program had a plane crash back in the day. The Basically, the, I think the entire football program was killed in a plane crash. They had to rebuild from scraps. Uh, yeah, they're just, they're, they're a couple players and like one coach that just weren't on the plane for some reason. Uh, but yes, essentially the entire team killed in a plane crash. Yeah, and then they got the new coach to come in, went down to – well, actually, they went over to West Virginia, their big rival, 
Bobby Bowden, I think, was the coach there. Yes, Bobby Bowden was a West Virginia coach. And he let him come in, watch game film, support them. They, I think they threw – I don't know if it was the first time that this ever happened, but it was pretty early. They threw a sticker on the back of their helmets in honor of, of the dead. So uh, We Are Marshall comes in at number eight. The first golf movie of mine comes in at number seven, The Legend of Beggar Vance. For some reason, that movie just that's I think that's my favorite golf movie. Really like it. Uh, you know, you get you get a guy that had been in war, comes back, has to battle his demons, all those sorts of things. I uh, get a little kid in the movie and just really love the legend of Beggar Vance. And number six, this might be my first one. I think my top six, I'm going to have some surprises for you in here. I think my top five, especially, but. Uh, number six is for love of the game, Kevin Costner, baseball yep. movie. He's the old pitcher, uh, goes through some battles of his own. I always root for the old guys in sports, typically, just because I know they're on their last leg or their last stand. So number six, uh, 10 through six, number six is for love of the game. Yep. That's probably a little surprising. Nope. I like that movie, though. I'll say that's not on any of my list or anything, but I do like that movie. Uh, Billy Billy Chap on number fourteen, and yeah. the whole movie the whole movie centers around half of it's him pitching in the game, his final game, and yep. the other half is reliving uh, his past through moments of yep. good and bad. So yep. his his life, and then into the last game. Yep. So those are my number ten through six. Okay. And I'll let uh, well I'll let you do the same now. Yep. All right. So I'm going to go number ten. Um. And, and you're going to be surprised at this one, too, that it's probably so low. Tin Cup is number 10. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, it's a great, you know, Kevin Costner. Um, it's one you, you, you can't turn away, but uh, it did fall to number 10 on, on my list. Number nine, Remember the Titans. Um, one of my – it's just – it's a great story. Um and it's, you know, being a football coach and everything, that's just one of my favorite movies. I feel like that's one that uh, it's been so, at least back in the day, it was so overplayed. Right. I feel like it, I feel like for both of us, maybe it should be higher, but it was so overplayed that maybe we got sick of it. Is that fair? Like, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, it, it's one of those, you're turning, you're flipping through. Um, but it's a great movie. Obviously. Oh, absolutely. And I, I agree with you. Like it's, um, Football movies aren't as high on my list, but yeah, for you to have it at nine, I, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I, I think we get, I don't know, some over the years where it was just every day you, you got either Shawshank Redemption or Remember the Titans. Yeah, I agree. All right. And then number eight, Rocky Four. Okay. And, okay. and, and that's my favorite Rocky. It's not the best, obviously, Rocky, original Rocky won the Academy Award and everything, but, but, Rocky and the training sequence and the Cold War Christmas Day just over the everything's over the top and uh Rocky Drago, Four, yep. number eight. Yep, <laughs> Drago gotta be him. Then number seven, Major League. Love it. That that one it definitely could have went higher on my list, uh, but it did fall to number seven when I was going through this. And then number six wild thing. Huh? Wild thing. I mean, oh, absolutely. That's one of the most quotable movies um, that I that I yeah. that I have. I mean, you, there's just lots of little things out, out of that movie that you you say every day. 
And then number six, again, this isn't a great movie or anything, but this just brings me back to high school football. We watched it every Thursday night before we played, but the program. Um, and essentially, it's just the cheating that happens in college football and, and everything that they do, uh, loosely based on Florida State, uh, I think. Yeah, no, I, I if if someone would have had a gun to my head type of deal and just said, what's well, one movie you'll guarantee will be in Morgan's top 10, I knew the program would be in there because that was just like you and Zach and Brett. That, oh, that's right. That, that, was, that was in high school when that came out. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like that movie. It's a really good sports movie. Um, I'm not saying it's not. I just I knew that was just that movie came out right at the time where you guys were like, it was just your guys's time frame that the program was. Oh yeah, and yeah. The cheating, mid, mid, the steroids. And, I mean, just Florida State's on top of the world, and they just you know cheating and steroids yep. and girls and yeah. yeah no, that was I, every Thursday night before we played on Friday. God, we watched that character in that. He had the he had the old, the old, goofy haircut that we all had as young oh, people. Yeah, um, I mean it, it's. I don't know what his name. He's been. He was in uh, the river runs through it. Um, yeah. No, and it's. But yeah, I mean, I, I, the program is. I knew that was going to be on one of yours. I would have bet my life on it. Yeah. Uh, some of the others, I you know, I knew as well. But I knew the program. It's not in my top ten. But I knew the program was going to be in your top ten because it was just it was just your guys's time period where steroids was really starting to become a thing, and it, it is a really good sports movie. I, I'm just saying it was just a different time period. Oh, absolutely. All right. So again, just you know, reviewing mine: number ten, Tin Cup; number nine, Remember the Titans; eight, Rocky Four; uh, number seven, Major League; and number six, the program. Okay. All right, so, so that's your to top five. Our top fives. I'm let's go, let's do one and one each. Okay. Here. Uh for number five, I got remember the Titans. Okay. And for anyone wondering, that's the only football movie I have in my top five. Ooh. Um in the top five, yep. Okay. No, or excuse me, in my top ten, I should say. No, we are uh, Marshall. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we are Marshall. Sorry, I was looking the wrong way. Um, yeah, I remember the Titans again. We we spoke about it. Sometimes it gets overplayed, but if you really sit down and pretend you're watching it for the first time. I mean, it's a great movie. Yes. It's a great story. The story's great. And, you know, just, you know, we didn't, we're, we're both too young for understanding, you know, racial inequality and to that extent, you Mm -hmm. know, and we actually don't even live in the right part of country for that. You know, we weren't in the South and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I agree. Um, that's a great thing. All right. My number five, probably the, I mean, for being based on a true story, but being really, really fake is Rudy, but five is Rudy for me. Yeah. Rudy. That's, I think that's everybody's first sports movie that they yep. watch at least football wise. Um, yeah. Rudy's good. I mean, I, I left it out of my top 10. I'm surprised it's not in your top 10 Trevor. I'll be honest. It's, it's not uh, in to be honest, I, I have a lot more baseball and golf movies in my <laughs> my top sports movies than anything else. I, I didn't even play baseball, so I, I don't know why that is um, for whatever reason. But no, Rudy's, Rudy's a great movie. Uh, again, you know, the, the whole true story there with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It, sports movies, I, I got on Google before we did this. Because I, I I knew that I'm like, there's got to be like two or three movies I forgot about. Rudy wasn't one of them, but there were others. 
Right. I'm like, okay, I, I got to be missing a movie here or there that I didn't think about. But I mean, Rudy's so iconic. I mean, the Notre Dame program, Rudy, yep. like it. It's one of the most influential sports sports movies of all time. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's one that. Yeah, it's just a true underdog story, and it, Americans love that. Yeah, absolutely. So I got no problem with you having Rudy there. Um, moving into both of our top fours. Uh, my number four movie of all time is Rocky, number four. There you go. Ivan Drago. Uh, again, I, I think you had it in the top ten, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was number eight for me. Number yep. eight, yeah. So uh, there, it's a little bit corny in a way, but... Oh, oh, it is, but it's great. But it's supposed to be, though. It's supposed yeah. to be kind of corny. So I, I love... I love the Rocky Four aspect of, you know, just Rocky versus Drago. You know, Apollo Creed got killed. He goes out and trains in the middle of nowhere, like Siberia. I don't know if it's Siberia, but I'm just making that up. But he's in the middle of his cabin and there's snow and he's just chopping logs and, you know, America versus the world kind of. So Rocky, every time Rocky Four on is on, I mean, in, maybe I should have remember Titans higher, but. There's just something about Rocky Four of it. I don't know. I, yeah. It just gets me every time. Like, oh, I agree. And like I said, it's Rocky Four. They're all good. I like Rocky One. I like Rocky Two. I like Rocky Three. Now after that, it gets. I actually like Five a little bit, but yeah, it's just a different story. But yeah, Rocky Four just again. I think it's our age a little bit. You know, original Rocky. I was not born yet. You know. And it was but, the old, obviously a little older than. Yep. So, all right. My number four is the Sandlot. Okay. Uh, I like to hear I, that. I, I it, again, it's just kind of, you, you're going to get my next, all the, my top four movies are all, you'll see kind of a theme with this a little bit, except for one, but just, it kind of just hits your heartstrings a little bit. Um, you know, um, romanticizing baseball, you know, just out playing in the backyard. My friends and I, we had, my backyard wasn't very big, but we kind of used the neighbor's yard. And then we had like the telephone company building there. And so it had a high wall. So <laughs> when we were younger, if you hit the wall it was a home run, then we had to hit it on top, but then we had a ladder that we had to crawl up, you know? So we kind of had some of the same issues, you know, we'd hit a yep. Then we started to have to hit left-handed because we we're getting bigger, and it got up on the roof too much. And it was too easy to hit home yep, runs. But you had yeah. it left-handed and just playing ball with your friends. And it, you don't even have to; it doesn't even have to be baseball. Just playing ball with your friends, whether it's basketball or football or baseball or whatever. When you're a kid, it just and you look back at it at some of the best times. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, got no problem with that one. Uh, is that your number four or three? Number four. Number four. Uh, yeah, the Santa is great, like you said. I mean, we all had uh, childhood memories, whereas you start to get older, you got to move the bases back, the the home run wall, you got to switch the uh, the ball you're using or the bat. Uh, just, just a part of being a kid and getting older. And it seems like kids nowadays don't really experience that as much as we did. And there's good and bad to that, I suppose. But that was part of our childhood that we just, you know, our parents would tell us, hey, go get the hell out of the house. Go outside and play with your friends and uh, leave us alone. 
Uh, yeah. Nowadays, it's a little bit different, and you know, for good and bad reasons, either way. But yeah, I I like your your choice there at the Sandlot at, at number four. Uh, moving to number three, Miracle is my number three movie, sports movie of all time. Uh, the hockey movie, I I could watch that every single night. Literally, I I love it. It's obviously based on the true story of America beating beating Russia there in the Olympics, and just everything about the movie's good. The cut down, everything the players had to go through. They they all hate each other because there's a lot of players from Boston and Minnesota and all these Midwest or Northeast hockey towns that normally wouldn't get along for colleges, and they had to be brought in to be, you know, you're you're playing for the USA now. You're not playing for Minnesota or Boston U or or whoever. You got to leave that in your past. You got to get ready to play for the United States of America. So Miracle is my number three. Yep. All right. My number three is Caddyshack. Um, just classic, uh, again, golf, but then just the the funniness. And then really, as I've gotten older, the backstory of it where they just went and got drunk and high and filmed a movie. And then it <laughs> ended up being pretty good. And like Bill Murray wasn't really even supposed to be in the movie, but then it kind of it hit and so they had to go back and put more of him in the movie and stuff. It just, the debacle that it was, and it turned out to just being a great movie. And again, it's one of the quotable movies when you're out on the golf course, you know, almost every round you're going to say something about Caddyshack. Yeah, no, I, and I'm, the one thing that I actually don't like about myself is when it comes to movies, whether it's sports or just any movies, Typically, comedies are the ones that I watch the least, and I, I don't know why it is. I have I can't explain it because every time after I watch a comedy movie, whether it's sports or just standard like Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, you know, whatever the case is, I'm like, damn, why don't I watch more uh, comedies? Because obviously, by the end of it, you're just laughing your butt off. You're in a good mood. Uh, but I'm more of the suspense thrillers type of movies. But as far as sports went, I. I did think about like Caddyshack, Happy Gilmore um, in some of those. And I left them out because I just don't watch them enough, even though I really love them. Like, I love those movies. And I, I don't know what it is. I always think of Taylor Howard, our, our friend. Taylor Howard loves comedies. He'll, he'll watch comedies every single day before he watches anything. And I'm the opposite. And I, I don't know why it is. But, but every time I watch like a comedy sports movie or just a comedy in general, I'm like, I need to watch uh, I need to watch funny movies more often. Yeah. So Caddyshack, I mean, Caddyshack is like the standard when it comes to that. Absolutely. Uh, moving into number two, this might be a, a surprise is Million Dollar Baby. OK, uh, that's the boxing one, right? Yeah, the boxing. Yep. And I've only watched it, I think, three times. And I, I don't know if I could ever watch it again. It's too sad for me. I think I've but... seen it one time and I honestly, I think it's really, really good. And I think it won a bunch of awards and everything, but I don't want to watch it again. That's, that's same for me. And I don't know how to explain it. It's really, really sad. Um, and maybe we'll just leave it at that because if we, if we get in any more uh, details, I'm, I'm sure most, I mean, that, that was like a 20 years ago, that movie came out or 15. I, I don't know exactly, but. So I guess most people have probably seen it by now if they wanted. So, but yeah, it's it's one of those movies. I agree with you. It, 
the first time I saw it, it, it probably took me about five or six years before I ever watched it again. I think I've only to watched me, it to once. me it's that to me it's that sad. Like it's tough for me to watch that and not get emotional. Yeah. So million dollar baby is my number two, which I I figured that'd be a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. I don't have top three in anything, and I probably wouldn't even pick on that out of a hundred movies. But I do remember watching it. It's a really good movie. Um, I think Clint Eastwood directed it and and yep. acted in it and everything. And um, I can't remember her name, but she's really good too. Hillary Swank, Morgan yep. Freeman. Uh, I highly encourage anyone, if you haven't seen Million Dollar Baby, sit down, watch it, but be get your uh, Kleenexes out. Yeah. You're probably going to need them. <laughs> so I knew my top three would probably surprise most people. All right. My number two is uh, Field of Dreams. Just kind of the same as The Sandlot. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, obviously with the movie, uh, you know, being here in Iowa, I mean, I think that makes it a little bit more special for us. Yep. Um, I've been there with my son. I, I went there when I was young with my dad. Um, and then obviously with the, the movie set uh, or the, the game last year, it's kind of reiterated all. And then, you know, with Ray Liotta just dying the other day, uh, brings it back as well. And he uh, was pretty young. I mean, he wasn't, he was not that old. 67. So yeah, not uh, a kind of a surprise there and not sick that anybody knew or that I've heard of. I heard that I I read an article briefly and there's probably more that's come out, but I believe he died in a hotel room down somewhere where they were shooting a new movie that he was I in. I think so. That, that's all I read. So whatever's happened since then, I, I don't know. I can't speak of. So I, I don't, I don't know if it, if it has came out. I don't know it. So the 67 is obviously, you know, that's that is young. Even Absolutely. though we're starting to we're starting to make our way toward that half of the the age bracket here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it gets worse and worse, Trevor. It, it goes like, you know, 35 to 40 and then like 40 to 46, like your boxes you have to check. It, yep. it, it keeps going further to the right. It's not good. And then you got that 50 and then the 60 and 70 and 80. And those are, yeah, those are all the check marks. But yeah, not to get too depressing here. But yeah, I mean, pretty a relatively young age. And that was that was kind of sad to hear. But yeah, he was a big part of that movie. Yeah. And say, you know, just feel the dreams. I mean, it's just, again, romanticizing baseball and just, you know, the struggle of, you know, a father and a son and, and everything and it just uh it makes you think and you know most it gets tear in your eye when you watch it or at least it does for me yeah i it's kind of weird i i watched uh you know the field of dreams a lot when i was younger uh my grandma grandpa obviously liked it and I, when i used to go over to their house watch it all the time and then i probably had like a 10 or 10 year gap or so where i didn't even watch it i kind of forgot about the movie not for any particular reason I mean, they took me there when I was younger to see it. And I remember watching it, oh, a few weeks before they had the actual game there last year, if you remember that. Yep. The first Phil Dreams game. And and I forgot how good the movie was. Like, it's a really damn good movie. So I I almost wonder if I went, and went back and watched it a couple more times, if it would not be in my top 10. Because I love, for some reason, I love baseball movies. That's just, yep. baseball is my favorite uh sport of of movies right as i was called so i i almost i almost feel kind of bad i, I wish i would have watched it more over the years because i think if i would have seen it two more times in the past five years it, it'd probably be in my top 10 yeah 
So no, it's just it's. You know, I love Kevin Costner. That, that's like my favorite actor ever. So right, and so that that's the thing too. Like so, you got Kevin Costner in, in two of my top ten, and he's in. Let's see, in well, one of your top ten so far. So yeah, yeah, but three movies, just in one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously I have Ten Cup, but I left Ten Cup out of my top ten. But yeah, I mean, Costner's awesome. So yeah, I yeah, no, I mean, Field of Dreams is you cannot go wrong with that one. Nope, I agree. All right, what's your number one move, Trev? Number one's uh, a movie you already mentioned, The Sandlot. Sandlot's yeah, I, my favorite sports movie of all time. Um, and I tried not to speak too much when you were talking. Right. I didn't want to give it away, but I love the aspect of the kids. Uh, you got the new kid in town, doesn't have any friends, meets them. They go and play baseball, this whole crappy baseball field with the, the junkyard in the back. They go to the county fair and they put a bunch of tobacco in and they all throw up and, you know, just all the, that movie just picks up to me, everything about being a young kid during our lifetime when we were young kids, not that you and I are that much different in age, but we all, you know, we all did stuff that we shouldn't have done. Maybe drank a beer, or, uh, put a dip of chew in and ended up uh, regretting it shortly yep. after. And that kind of reminds me of that. And, I, I just the Sandlot. I everything about the Sandlot. I think it's the best sports movie ever made, to me anyway. Yeah, I, I can't argue. I mean, I have it in top my, my number four, so I, I can't argue at all. When they bring uh, out the PF Flyers for Benny the Jet Rodriguez when he goes and jumps over the fence to, oh, yeah. to to pickle the beast, and the narrator there he goes, "Yeah, shoes are guaranteed to make a a kid jump higher and run faster." Like that was that was totally early and late nineties type of shit there. Like yeah. you thought a shoe was really, I mean, and I guess to an extent, maybe it did, but you thought a shoe was really going to give you superhuman powers. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that's what Michael Jordan, I mean, not those shoes necessarily, cause that's more of the fifties, but yeah. the Jordan, the yeah, Jordan yeah, yeah, shoes, yeah, yeah. you know, the Jordan shoes in our age or in our, you know, everybody wanted Jordans, you know? Yeah. And I, I had Jordans, I would say seven, yeah, six or seventh grade throughout high school. And I had a brand new, I'd buy one new pair or I didn't, uh, my grandma and grandpa would buy me one new pair a year of right. Jordans. And, you know, you felt cool walking around in them. And that, that was a thing. Shoes were really cool back then. They're oh, still yeah. cool nowadays, but yeah, the Sandlot, the Sandlot to me, I remember being in college at Iowa state. I'd, I'd put that DVD in every single night when I went to bed and I'd fall asleep to it. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a good one. I can't argue, obviously, being so in my that, number four. That's, that's my number one. Um, just reminds me of being a kid with my friends, all that good stuff, the 90s, early 2000s, blah, blah, blah. So that's my number one. How about yours? Mine is Hoosiers. Yeah. You know, um, just, again, it, it's kind of the, you know, kind of the same thing as the Sandlot. You know, it, it's, you know, taken back in the 1940s and 50s. Small town. I I came up, you know, you grew up here in Oskaloosa. It's not a small town. I grew up in a small town. Um, you know, we, we weren't bad at sports, but, uh, you know, you just knew um, it wasn't good enough. And, you know, everybody looked down on you or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just, you know, small town versus big town. And then, you know, everybody bickering. And then, you know, just it's it's just one of those romanticizing about basketball. Um, 
you can you can replace basketball with any of the other sports, but it's just kind of the same same thing as, as I would call it with Field of Dreams. It's just the basketball version of it. I mean, really, when you get down to it, and and Indiana, yeah, Indiana is you know the home of basketball for the longest time. They did only have like the one tournament where it didn't matter what it was. It was just that was a tournament. They didn't do classes and stuff like most other states, and. They have some of the biggest high school gyms in the country there. And, you know, Butler Fieldhouse is still used today. And, you know, just everything about the Gene Hackman's a, another great actor. You know, he's in a lot of good stuff that I like. And, you know, much like the Field of Dreams, just kind of more the basketball version of it. No, I mean, Hoosiers is amazing. Um, it, it could easily move up my list for sure. The Butler Fieldhouse you talk about, and I'm, I'm not a basketball expert. You're going to know more about this than I am. But do you remember when Butler played Duke in like 2014 or 15? In the Was it Duke that they played in the national title? Yep. Yep. Gordon Hayward banked in the three that just missed. Just missed. Do you remember that? I mean, that was insane. Oh, yeah. like, if that shot yeah. goes down, that may be – that might be the best sports moment in history if that shot falls. That, that would rival uh, Christian Leitner's three yeah, or, yeah. Uh, it would actually it would actually be above that because that was to win a national championship i agree i i think it i think it'd be you know when i when i think of stuff like that i still think of it because i remember watching taylor howard and all of us just screaming just i mean literally screaming because we thought the shot was going to fall but some of the great sport sports moments of our lives i mean the vince young touchdown run yep uh, boise state the hook and ladder the statue of liberty those are some that pop up but i when you mentioned butler i just thought Damn, I remember that. Like, and that was that in shot. Indianapolis. I mean, it was a yeah. Home game. I mean, it was I mean, there, right there. It wasn't a Butler Fieldhouse, but it was a home game, essentially. And I can't remember if that was the first year they were there, but they played back-to-back -back years for the national championship. Right. Uh, Brad Stevens is their coach, and you know, I was a little bit involved in that because they, you know, obviously hired Todd Licklider, who started that or didn't start the run with Butler, but was the coach that recruited several of those kids. Um, and then he went to Iowa and Stevens took over and yeah, it was, uh, interesting. Now I do have, I do have a list of honorable mention movies and okay. I don't know if you do, but I've got, yeah, I got, I got some written down that, uh, I, I couldn't quite decide, but I'm right. I'm sure we might have a few here that we, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of over. Now, this is a very underrated, uh, movie for me that I, I really do probably would watch anytime going through any given Sunday, um, football movie um Lawrence yeah. Taylor and you know Jamie Foxx is a quarterback a uh, young hotshot quarterback then you got the old uh what's his name the coach and the, and well, the, the, co the coach is is uh you know the that the speech he gives is, is a great speech there but any given Sunday's one Miracle which you have really high on your list it's a great one uh Moneyball uh, blindside that's one neither one of us have it's you know again it's kind of came out as not very truthful they did, did disney-fy it and everything else like well, that I'll, I'll say this about blindside that's actually one that uh i actually really don't like the movie because of uh what's her name in it sandra bullock yeah and i i have a tough time imagining sandra bullock or any person just this is what turned me off to the movie because I'm a big football fan. So I'm maybe I'm more critical of football movies. Maybe that's why I only have sure. two on my top 10. I have a tough time imagining her walking onto the field and chewing butt or chewing ass. Like, and listen, they're movies. So I have to, I, I, 
I have to understand that as well. But the blind side just didn't do it for me. I know some people like it, uh, but that that was one movie for me. Like the blind side's not even in my top thirty probably ever. Right. And then, then here's here's a good one back in the day. Cool Runnings. Cool. Yes, yes. I saw that online because I, I look like I said I, I searched online to see if there was any of that I missed. It is. I didn't know if cool. It does count though because it's an Olympic sport. So right. I, and I the one the thing that I remember most about that there, there's two things about that movie that I remember right is the the one guy that has the big puffy hair can't get his helmet on and John Candy goes in and just hits it and he it pops on his head and then when they're in the bathtub and they're work, trying to work together you know yep. those are yep. kind of two of the memories there out of that movie but that's a great that movie. is a really good movie you're right about that and then then this movie is really good too and there's a lot of people that say this is the best baseball movie there is it's a league of their own uh, about the yeah. baseball um my it's mom a loved really, that movie. really good movie as well i i try to watch that too um tom hanks is really good in it um there's, there's no crying in baseball <laughs> yeah there's no crying in bait so again very quotable uh but there's a lot of people that say that's the best ball best baseball movie ever um above field of dreams you know yep. things like that because it's it, it is based on a on a real story there and then here's another one. You're, you're not going to be shocked at this one. You might be actually shocked this wasn't in my top 10, uh, but Varsity Blues. That's kind of that same era as made, as the program that we would watch um, mm -hmm. Texas high school football. Um, but Varsity Blues is, again, one that is great and has a lot of quotable uh, things to say about it. Varsity Blues. I love Varsity Blues. I put it in the not the same category, but close to the same category as happy gilmore yeah. it's it's not as funny it's not meant to be a comedy but right. there is a lot of comedy uh spots in the movie but yeah i mean varsity blues is amazing i i think the one that uh that we grew up watching is as teenagers for my classmates that most people or at least back then we would have had in our top 10 but i don't anymore is friday night lights the movie yeah. not the, not the series yeah so, so i I did not. That's again, kind of the same thing as like maybe your blind side. I read that book. Yeah, I read the book too in high school. Yep. And that movie, and and I never watched the series. I heard the series is really good. I just can't. I couldn't do it. I just didn't. I don't know. It just didn't. Like you said, with blind, it just didn't do it for me. Yeah, I mean, and there is. I get exactly what you're saying. I actually went down about seven years ago. I was down in Odessa, and I went to the stadium actually got to walk on the field, which was cool because their high school football stadium is about half the size of a college football stadium. That was cool to see, but I get what you're saying. Uh, the movie was obviously exaggerated. Yeah. You, you read the book, you realize yeah. they played, did they play against like LeVar Arrington's people? I, it's been years since I read the damn well, book. And, and they played in the championship game and they didn't play in the championship game. Yeah. They lost before the championship yeah. in the book. I mean, in real life, in real life, right. in the book, they they lost before they even made it to that point. I can't remember who they they played against. Some big name or a couple. I feel like Levar Arrington was one of them. It could have been. Could be wrong, but uh, but yeah, Friday Night Lights. Like when we were in high school, we loved that movie. We thought it was the best thing ever. Right. But as we've gotten older, I'm like, eh, it's fine. You know, it's a good sports movie. It's not bad, but you know, a little exaggerated. Not the best ever. Yep. And then uh, I got three more here on my list. Where are Marshall, uh, which you have in your top 10. And then uh, the two golf movies, uh, Beggar Vance, which you have in your top 10. And then actually, I really like this one. 
I like this one better than Beggar Vance is the greatest game ever played. Um, I had a tough time between those two. Shia LaBluff is is the guy uh, Francis Wimette, which actually this golf course, I think that was like 1901 or 1902. The, the U.S. Open is at the, the country club in Brookline, which is where that happened. That's right. I mean, in I think there's three big golf movies, uh, Beggar Vance, greatest game ever played, Tim Cup. Yep. And I had a tough time choosing. It seems like Beggar Vance, I always lean a little bit more to. Yeah. Uh, the greatest game ever played, though, is a, it's a great movie. Uh, I, I, I like greatest game ever played. Tim Cup, I have no problem actually, with that. I might even like greatest game ever played more than Tin Cup, but it's not one that you just, when I'm flipping through, one, it's never on. <laughs> it's not like Tin Cup. Not but, as often, yeah, for sure. And, and But uh, I really like the greatest game ever played. I agree. No, it, it's a great movie. I, I had it as my, uh, my number 12th. It was the, the second one out, but so I, I really like that. What there is a, there's a movie on Netflix. I think it is, or Amazon, and maybe you've seen it. And Oh, this actually goes back to Friday night lights. Um, 10, 10 days in utopia. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm -mm. It's got uh, Robert Duvall on it. And it's got the quarterback from Friday night lights, the movie. Okay. And it's it's very obnoxious. It's kind of a, a religious type of movie. But in in the movie, he's playing he's playing one of the one of the top Asian golfers in the world, one of the, the real ones, like a legit, I can't remember who it is though. But anyway, they go, they keep calling him like knockout or something or or KO. So toward the last 30 minutes of the movie, it's really annoying. Like it's really stupid because they say the guy's name like every 30 seconds. But that that's one, if you haven't seen it yet, I think it's like 10 days in Utopia, but it's Robert Duvall and then that quarterback from Friday Night Lights. Okay. It's it's worth a watch. I mean, if if you're laying around one night and you got nothing to do, it'll be fine. But it's not going to – don't expect it to be the Avengers or Shawshank <laughs> Redemption or anything like that. Right. It's just if you need to waste an hour and a half, it'll, it'll do the trick for you. There you go. Good. All right. Anything else, Trev? You got any more of your uh, honorable mention movies? No, I mean, I think you covered most of them. Just a few here. Um, the Express. I think I think you mentioned The Express, so that one. Uh, the Replacements is always a fun one. Yeah, that that would be another one that I have a hard time. If it's on, I'll, I'll watch it. That's it. I like that movie too. Yeah, that that's one that maybe it should be in my top. I don't. It, I don't it, know. You know, it, it's a top top ten is tough. I, there's. Yeah, I probably well, should have that somewhere. I don't have it anywhere, but I, that's one that I, I watch. You know what? When you make these top 10 lists like we do, it actually is stressful, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, you feel you feel bad about leaving some of these movies out. You're like, well, if I'm, I'm flipping through the channel, like, I could see myself watching that. The Replacements is one of those. I don't know oh, if it's absolutely. in my top 10, but I will always watch it when it's on, like, no matter what. And then uh, one other was uh, Coach Carter. Yep. Basketball movie. I, I like that one too a lot. But you know, to get into a top ten, I mean, you know, yeah. that's the thing about top tens, as Zach says. I mean, you want to make the Hall of Fame, you, you better be pretty damn good. Um, yeah. that kind of got me into thinking about I know I mentioned like a quarterback list a few weeks ago, yeah, or a month ago, whatever it was. I don't know how I'm gonna do that. I'm not gonna do all time because I didn't watch Bart Starr and Sammy Baugh and some of those guys auto Graham play. I didn't watch those right. guys play. Right. So I think I'm what I'm going to do like a top 
top 50 quarterback list of like 1985 to present or yeah. something. Or like 1980 to present or something. Yeah, like or that. 80. Like obviously Montana's going to be in there. I mean, that's right. an obvious one. But like I didn't watch Bart Starr play. Like I, right. I know he's one of the all-time greats, but I, I just don't know how you rank it if you didn't watch the guy play. So, right. and I, I don't know what the right thing to do is or not, but I know I messaged you earlier, like top 10 sports movies. Maybe we'll do some like top 10 uh, musicians, fast food places, just random stuff. Yep. We don't have stuff to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, but we're like a hundred days out. So we're not too far. Yeah, we're not too far. We got two majors for golf. Yep. And then I'm sure we'll, I don't know what we'll do. We'll we'll figure out something. We'll probably do like a food or a music bracket or something. Yeah, I, I know when you first started this podcast, you and Taylor, you started like a week or two before COVID happened, didn't you? Yeah, we, we started like, yeah, right when COVID happened is when we started. So, yeah, we did a. A cereal uh, bracket was the biggest one. Yeah. And that then, was one where, where people were about ready to fight each other over cereal. Yeah, I know. It was, <laughs> it was that, that, that was good, though. But, I mean, we're going to have to come up with little stuff like this to kind of kill some time. And, and obviously summer, you, you got your free time, your kids. Yeah. I'll be busy. We may not be able to do stuff every week, but every now and then maybe we'll do something random like this. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Trev. Where are you well, traveling you. to this week? Um, This week I'm just hanging around Colorado and then next week I got to go up to Casper, Wyoming and Billings, Montana. So that's my, uh, my little travel schedule. And then through the rest of the month, I, I don't know yet. It'll depend where, uh, where I'm told to be. (laughs) Absolutely. I hear you. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Trev. We'll talk to you later. All right. You have a good night. You too.